Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Um, now, recently at the life group that Alyssa and I run um, on a Tuesday night, so uh, not last week, but the week before, I was introduced to the concept of girl math. Girl math. Now, girl math, uh, I, I didn't realise. Girl math, if you don't know what this is, girl math is when you buy a concert ticket that's for a year's time. By the time you get to that concert, it's a free concert. Okay, it's a free concert. It's when you buy, it's when, now, just so you know, I didn't come up with the term girl math. I'm not sexist, all right? Okay, that was not me. I don't know who coined the term, but my wife uses it and so I can use it. Now, um, it's when you buy a, a dress or a jacket for $150, but if you wear it 10 times, um, it's really a $15 jacket. And Jackson, how could you refuse me a $15 jacket? It's a bargain. Now, if you wear it over 20 times, it's free. It's actually free. Now, girl math is when you, um, when you buy something and then you return it. You've made the amount that you, you got back because you'd already spent that money and you weren't budgeting on it. And so now, it's, it's, that, that's just free money into your bank account. Uh, um, it's when, <laughs> this is my favourite, this is my favourite. It's when you buy a necessity but it happens to be on sale and you were going to buy it anyway So basically, Jackson, we are making money from this purchase. If you got a necessity for a sale, for a $25 sale, we are making $25 today, Jacko. Girl math. Now, two things that I want to point out to this as we get into the word tonight. Firstly, however you have to justify your conference ticket, it is well worth it. Girl math it away. Okay, in hindsight, I will tell you that this investment into your soul and your future and your heart and your mind and your life and into your future is going to be so worth it that you will look back and you will say, God, I, will, I would have paid or I would have given so much more than what I am initially investing. But the second thing that I want to do today as we get ready for an encounter tonight is um, when, when we were just talking about this girl, math, um, this girl math scenario, I was like, wow, this is a principle that I've been living and I had no idea that I was living it. <laughs> like, it, it, it was almost like an epiphany, an awakening on the inside. This is how I've been living my life for the past three years, married to Alyssa. Now, what I'm talking about tonight and what the scripture that I'm preaching from is a reality and a truth that we are all living by that but many of us, including myself, fail to recognise. It's a truth that Jesus says, if you don't get this, he literally says, if you don't understand this, you won't understand any of the parables. He says, if you don't become conscious of this, then you are going to live your whole life misguided, asking questions that shouldn't be asked, experiencing a reality that you shouldn't be experiencing because this, is so important. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 to 9, Jesus tells a parable and he says this, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. 
Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns and grew up and choked out, that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand this. He says, this, you've got to understand this. You have to get this parable because in it, determines whether the Word of God will produce something in your life or not. Now, this is crazy to me because this parable says that the same Word that parted the Red Sea or even created the foundations of the earth and, and, and all the Word of God that healed Jairus' daughter or raised Lazarus or set Bartimaeus free and opened his eyes or, or healed the men um, that were paralysed, that same Word that is available to us, that same power is available to us, we won't receive the power unless our heart is right. That the power of God's Word is contingent. This blows my brain. The power of God's Word is contingent on this. It can be powerful for everyone in the room. But me personally, if I don't take responsibility for my own heart, the Word of God doesn't produce 30, 60, 100 fold. It actually actually causes pain because I see the Word of God working in everybody else. And I'll ask the question, but why me? Why not me? I see God encountering everybody else, but what's going on with me, God? Well, here we go. He says, you have to understand this parable. I want to prophesy over us tonight that there is a 30, 60, 100 times harvest that is available to each one of us. That God has a harvest that is 30, 60, 100 times what was ever planted. That the Word at conference would go in and it would fall on fertile soil and you would see, oh my gosh, God, you are pro- over, the, over the years, you are producing something so amazing and I've experienced it firsthand. So in 2018... Um, I was in the midst of basically a a comparison crisis in my life. I could not get rid of the comparison that I that was happening on the inside, like, and it was fueling insecurity. And so, uh, happy on the outside, but but tormented on the inside. And I'm sitting at Horizon Conference, and um, and someone is I, I can't even remember what they were preaching about now, but uh, what ended up God speaking to me. Um, was that he spoke to me through the story of Joseph. And the story of Joseph, um, he was betrayed. He was put in difficult situations. And he um, finds himself in prison with a way out. And he says to the cupbearer to the king, because he does a favour for the cupbearer and, and, and um, does something really good for him. He says to the cupbearer who's about to get released from prison, please remember me so that you can get me out of prison too. Remember me, please. Notice me. Consider me. Don't forget me. And then the Bible says in, in um, Genesis 40 verse 23, it says, however, the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. 
You know what God said to me in that moment that released me from insecurity? Jackson, it's good to be forgotten. Jackson, be thankful when you're forgotten. Do you know when, when comparison, because, you know, comparison can go both ways. Comparison can be like, I'm not enough, but then it can also flip into pride and become, look, I'm so much better. And this was the grounding force and still is the grounding word of insecurity and comparison in my life. Jackson, it's good to be in the dark room with God. And it happened at Horizon Conference. In 2019, um, I was, um, yeah, we were in a great season as a youth ministry. We were, our church and our youth ministry were booming. Um, But I was feeling the pressure. And um, I remember sitting somewhere on the front row here and the, the title of the conference was Expansion. And on the final night of conference, I just felt like a, like a physical sensation that God like tripled the capacity of my heart. And in that moment, I, I felt like, I, don't, I wish I could describe it, but if there was a container of my heart that could handle and carry the glory of God and the purposes of God and the Word of God, I felt like He added two more compartments to my heart to carry more of Him, to carry uh, the glory, to carry His Word. I felt like He tripled the depth of my soul because He'd called me to expansion. And uh, it was actually that day that... Um, uh, I had done my undergrad and God said, I've given you expansion, it's time to do your postgrad studies. Um, and over the next year, I did, with the help of COVID. Um, in 2022, last year, I was, um, I actually had a really difficult year, probably one of the most difficult of my life. Um, by the time that I got to conference, I was um, a shell of who I once was. I did not even know myself anymore. I was so crushed. I was so broken. Um, and I was sitting when, where Grant and Ellie were in that exact, that, that exact row. And um, it was a morning session. And Pastor Brad got up out of the worship. And he described a, a, um, a story that occurred in Acts chapter 16. And he basically unpacked the Greek. And, and what came out of it was the spirit of Python. A, a spirit that, that constricts to the point of death. And a python, how, he, how a python kills is every time you breathe out, it gets tighter and you can't breathe in. And then you breathe out again and every time it, it gets tighter. And so I, I have no idea what was happening in all of you in that moment, but I stood there and tears were streaming down my face. And then our senior pastor gets up and he says, I break the spirit of Python right now. And I am literally experiencing a breakthrough freedom that I have never, ever, ever experienced before as I sat in that morning session at conference. And then, <laughs> and then, so I felt the constriction and, and it, it almost felt, I, I hate to over-spiritualise it, but it felt like a curse that was on me. It felt like it, it just was so oppressive. Um, I actually remember Alyssa, um, not to, to rat her out, but she came in late to the session. Um, yeah, for work. It's, I'm joking. I'm joking. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I apologise. Uh, okay, so she came in late to the session and I remember just standing there crying and I remember like she, she just looked over at me and we just had this moment, this, like, this eye contact of like, God is so powerfully moving in my life. I could see literally the gratitude that she had towards God in her eyes and, and it was just the most special moment. But then straight after that, so that's Pastor Brad, that's just in worship. Straight after that, um, 
uh, Ali Cawthorn preaches, uh, again, I can't remember the exact, like, what she preached, but what it said to me. She preached on um, the, the Greek word biatso. And biatso, um, I found out, is exactly who and, and what my DNA is. It is a passionate, rule-breaking, um, it's a rule-breaking and overcoming passion to follow Jesus. And straight after, I felt like God broke this thing off my heart and off my life. I felt like Ali Cawthorn was speaking directly into me and restoring my identity in Christ. Everyone around, I was crying literally the whole session, sobbing as I'm taking notes, as God restored and put a word in me to restore my identity. This is the 30, 60, 100 available to us at conference and I have experienced it. I have experienced it. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the difference is in the dirt. And that's the title of my message tonight. The difference is in the dirt. Sometimes we're tempted to think that the difference is the Word of God and what He gives to some and what He gives to others. We're tempted to think that there's an issue with the Word of God. But can I tell you tonight, it's not an issue with the Word of God. Never has been, never will be. What God is saying to us tonight is actually the difference is in the dirt, is in the soil of your heart. Are we ready? Are we cultivating a heart that is ready for God to plant His Word? I feel this. um, I feel this as we open up the altars for ministry tonight. I feel I'm actually going to ask the church not to choose, hey, if you feel it tonight, respond. I'm actually going to ask you, respond. Because I believe I've got a prophetic picture. God, I'm bringing my heart to the altar. I'm bringing my heart to the altar. And I'm going to lay it before you and I'm going to say, God, I know you've got a word for me. If you believe God doesn't have a word for you, can I tell you? That is a lie straight from hell. It is not the truth. God has a word for you. So God, I'm bringing my heart to the altar to get you to do, prepare it, tend to it exactly how you need to so that I am ready for the word that you want to plant. Let me read this quote and then I'm going to tell you what I believe God's going to do on the altar tonight. Warren Wiesby um, says this. He says, the human heart is like soil. It must be prepared to receive the seed before that seed can take root and produce a harvest. Like seed, the Word of God is alive and able to produce spiritual fruit, but the seed must be planted and cultivated before the harvest will come. Here are four things that I believe God is cultivating in us. (laughs) as we bring our heart to Him on the altar tonight. Are you ready? Number one, a humble heart. A humble heart. The temptation is that we can feel that we need to bring a perfect heart to God. When we hear a message like this, and even when we we read a parable like this, we can can make the mistake of thinking that God wants a perfect heart, a put-together heart, an unshattered heart. Can I tell you, that can't be further from the truth. It's the number one killer of a move of God in each of our lives is is not brokenness, it's pride. (laughs) 
and bringing a humble heart. If you've got, if you've got, <laughs> I had such an amazing encounter with God last year because I brought to him a heart that was so broken. There is no, there was no pretense of God, I don't need you. <laughs> it was God, I, there's nothing left of me. If you want to use these, these, these flimsy pieces, you can. I'm bringing to you a humble heart. I remember um, when I got rescued by a Bondi Rescue lifesaver. What's ironic is, is I was there for a nippers carnival, you know, where they teach you to like surf skills and stuff. (laughs) And there I am needing rescue. And I remember the point where I was like, and I, to my credit, um, I couldn't get myself in, but I didn't freak out. And I knew what to do. I put my hand up. And as I saw the shore like quickly disappearing, (laughs) I put my hand up. What we do tonight as we come to the altar is it's us putting our hand up. It's saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm refusing to be proud. I'm refusing to be prideful. I am saying I need help more than I even know. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, I'll get the keys up, please, if that's all right, Jack. It says, and he gives grace generously. As the Scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Matthew 5.5 says this, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the earth. Do you know you have a 30, 60, 100 fold harvest coming to you from the Word of God in your life? It's 30, 60, 100. I just wrote down some, some of the harvest things that come from a life with God. Favour that is so overwhelming that you know this isn't skill or hard work or talent. This is just, I am walking in the favour of God. That's what the Word of God produces in each of us. It's blessing that is embarrassing because all of your needs are met and more. It's peace that makes no sense to the rational mind, given your present suffering. It's everyone else going through this circumstance would be going through the depths of pain, anxiety, depression, comparison, but strangely in me, I've got a harvest of peace from the Word of God that I can't even explain. There's purpose and perspective that makes you the rock of any community that you're in. That where the world is like, uh, like, like just flimsy and, and frailing in, in, in basically the winds of opinion and the news cycle and what's going on in the world, it's a purpose and perspective that makes you a rock. It's a love that makes you more secure than you have ever known and dispels all fear. All fear. That's the harvest available to us. If there's an issue with fear in our lives, it's a heart issue. I've got to cultivate the heart because the Word of God is coming to dispel all fear. There's wisdom available to us through the planted Word of God. And there's encounters that will change our lives and our legacy. You don't need a perfect heart. God blesses those who are humble. Hear this? They will inherit the whole earth. This is the blessing that's coming. Number two, a hungry heart. A hungry heart. 
um, in, in our life group recently. Is this okay today? Is this all right? Are we happy? This section, are we happy? We alive? This section, are we happy? We alive? Um, in our life group, um, Alyssa just um, briefly um, led us through a, a few questions. And, um, and we had time to sort of sit and reflect on the questions. And one of the questions is why, um, read the Scripture of Fruits of the Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, what, uh, what fruit of the Spirit does He want to produce in your life that He hasn't currently produced in, in, um, in your life? And um, I was like, this is funny, because as I read it, I, I didn't want this to be the one that the Holy Spirit pointed out, but He pointed out self-control. Um, and the truth is, I have a real problem with eating right now. Like, I can't stop. I, I might physiologically, I have a new def- definition of full and it's being sick. And until I reach that point, I keep eating and it's so bad. And I felt God say like, highlight like self-control, bro. Like self-control. Now, here's the thing when it comes to the purposes of God and God, as we bring our heart to Him, here's the thing about hunger. That in the natural, when you eat, you get full or sick. But in the spiritual, when you eat, you get more hungry. Now here's the problem with 21st century Christian, and if I can say Gen Z, Gen Y, Christianity, is that because we don't feel hungry, we don't eat. When really, it's actually a discipleship issue. If you wanna get hungry for God, you've gotta eat. If you want to get hungry for God, get in the cafe in the morning and read the Bible. And you keep reading until He sparks a hunger. If you want a spiritual passion to arise on the inside, it's not God, just give it to me. It's God, I'm gonna start praying and He births it in me. Because in the spiritual, you eat to get hungry. I wanna tell you tonight, we've become consumer Christianity and I, I just I just wanna just break this right now where, where we open up the altars and we don't come because we don't feel it. Oh, we don't feel it. And we rip ourselves off from presenting our heart to God when He says, don't worry about feeling. This is a discipleship issue. It's a discernment issue. It's saying you may not feel it, but you bring, you present yourself at the altar and you say, God, here's my heart. And I promise you, you cannot eat God (laughs) and, and hunger decrease. You only get more hungry for Him. You get more hungry for His presence. God blesses, Matthew 5 verse 6, God blesses those who, are, who hunger and thirst for justice for they will be satisfied. Another translation, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. I prophesy over us tonight, He's creating a hungry heart where we feel a spiritual passion awakening us and prepare our hearts for, for conference that we've not felt in a very long time. Can I say, if you've, if you've lost your passion for the things of God, come on, let this year be the year where we say, God, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consume more and more of you in faith that this passion is gonna arise it has, like it's never arisen before. Can I say, passion is not an age thing. It's not, I'm a teenager, so I was passionate. It's not, I was young, so I was passionate. It's not, I'm a new Christian, so I'm passionate. No, I am full of fervency for the Spirit of God because I get in His presence regularly. You look at some of the encore people of our, our, our church and you'll see a passion that rivals that 
of a 17-year-old new Christian because clearly they've been in the presence of God. John chapter 5, there is a story of a man who is paralysed waiting by a pool that in his mythology, when it stirred, if you were the first one to get in it, you'd be healed. Jesus goes up to him and he says, do you want to be healed? And the man says, but I've, I've got no one to carry me to the water when it stirs. Jesus ends up healing the guy and here's a, I just, I wrote this down only in worship. This is a picture I sense, is you are waiting for something to stir you. You are waiting for the stirring. You're waiting for the stirring. God says, come to me, I'll stir you. <laughs> you go to Jesus, He'll stir you and He heals. He brings about a passion. Number three, a still heart. At the altar tonight, I believe, um, and the whole worship team can come and join me. Um, uh, at the altar today, if you found yourself with a racing heart, with an anxious heart, with a burdened heart, I wanna prophesy over you tonight and over the next two weeks. I actually, I, I'm really, I can really feel God say that tonight is the start of like a 10 day pilgrimage towards conference. You know what I mean? Like it's the start of God, I'm presenting my heart, but it won't finish here on the altar. It's God, here's my anxious heart. Here's my racing heart. Here's, you know, when you get in a season of life and you just can't switch your mind off. I prophesy Psalm chapter 46, verse 10 over you. Be still and know that I am God. I prophesy peace. I've experienced peace on this altar where I've been on my knees in the presence of God and the peace was so intense compared to the anxiety that my heart was carrying like only moments beforehand that I was actually scared to get up because <laughs> I didn't, I was like, I don't want to disturb the peace. Don't have any fear like I did. He'll carry it. You'll carry that peace. I prophesy a still heart so that by the time we get to conference, God can put a word into a still heart that goes down deep. It takes deep roots and it produces a harvest 30, 60, 100 times. Number four, a pure heart. A pure heart. Do you find yourself fragmented today? One thing at church, one thing at home, one thing while you're serving, one thing when you're with your girlfriend, one thing in public, one thing in private, and another thing before God. I feel God bringing an alignment tonight. He doesn't speak to fragmented hearts. <laughs> he doesn't speak to the, the parts of us that we, cult, that, that we curate. He's saying, I'm bringing a purity to you tonight. I'm bringing you a sense of wholeness so that I can plant my Word in it. Matthew 5, verse 8. Oh my gosh, listen to this verse. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. I prophesy, we're gonna see God. We're gonna see God. Would you stand to your feet with me? Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.